This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. The greatest strength of Spooko is Spooko's weakness at research. And so <laughs> we, and when I say we, I, no, I think I'm being fairly fair in dragging you into this shag that there are people whose opinions we respect and we just accept on their face and do not challenge them. And I'm sorry to say that a lot of those opinions uh, that I just accept on their face and do not challenge come from respected friends and medical professionals, and that includes opinions on the vaccine for COVID-19. Peach, Peach, what are you doing? I'm very and worried so... about where this is going. Oh, my God. <laughs> And so, um, Peach, the king of LinkedIn, as you, like as you know, what's up? What's good? Thanks, thanks for joining us. Um, I put up something the other day to be like, "Hey, I'm 39. I got the AstraZeneca. Uh, what's up, lol? Homeschooling is a bit tough." And and it, look, it was ge- a gentle, watery thing to just try to be part of the solution. To be like, "Hey, people who are in your feed are getting the AstraZeneca." And, and keeping in mind, this is part of a very much a global thing that's happening, but also very much a local thing that's happening in Australia where we're very mm. far behind in vaccinations. Yeah. There's a lot of mistruths about vaccinations leading to a lot of hesitancy from a lot of people. Yeah. And there's definitely like a, a grassroots movement to say, I've been vaccinated. I think you need to be too, especially for people with platforms like Peach the greatest mm. legal influencer. You're probably the best legal influencer in Australia. I definitely am <laughs> the best legal influencer on earth. And I really stand behind that. I really strongly do. There are some with better followings. There's a guy who does very well edited, lots of graphics, like legal reports on pop culture stuff. I'm like, here's what the Britney Spears litigation is all about. Fucking congratulations. Two million subscribers on YouTube. You're boring. I don't give a shit. Like, so, you know, it's like, yeah, well done. Like, I don't care. Um, like, I really am the best and I really do not want anyone to get that twisted. So so um, with that, hmm. with that responsibility, you were like, yeah. LinkedIn is one of my channels and I'm going to get there and just try and be part of that solution. Yeah, exactly. And so I said, you know, like Pfizer snobs, you know, come on, just fucking pull your socks up and let's like, and let's get moving. And had lots of AZ, AZ buddies coming to be like, yeah, man, also got the AZ. They're like 34 year olds, 33 year olds coming in to be like, yeah, yeah, we're keen to be part of the solution. Yeah, we've already got the AZ. Let's go. Let's go. And there have been only a couple of like, well, it's quite a personal choice. And the reason my lack of research is not particularly relevant is because I realize I've just relied on the opinions of other people who I completely trust in relation to this. And so all of my comments and response have been like, well, we've obviously formed a different opinion based on the same facts. And that happens from time to time, but I'll ask you just to, you know, have a, have a bit more of a think, which is something that I have not done. I've just blindly gone and obeyed someone else. So we are here coming out swinging. I've had a nice jab in the arm and hoping to give this episode of Spooko a shot in the arm 
now that I've got some AstraZeneca pumping through the old veins. Yeah, it's I, good fun. I am, I am, I've had both my shots. I feel good. Mm. I feel excited. I feel glad that, you know, I'm one of the very small um, numbers in that percentile that's slowly ticking upwards in Australia, getting closer to that 70%. And then ideally that 80% that means we can finally, you know, leave Fortress Australia once and for all. Mm. But... You know what's interesting? Because we Peach makes a really good point, and uh, mm. like I want to give a shout out to Too Scary Didn't Watch because yes, they have congrats. helped. They, you know, they they've just celebrated their hundredth episode, and mm. as we approach ours, I do want to give a shout out to say they've inspired me to do a little bit more research than we have in the past. And with that in mind, Peach, like I get that sometimes we we don't discuss what we're going to talk about beforehand, so I had no idea, yep. and I was a little bit worried we were going, <laughs> going into anti-vaxxer territory at the moment. I'm glad we didn't. Like I, I know you do live on the central coast now, so there's there's always that danger of that happening. We've mentioned the Wigs podcast on here before, and I hugely admire one of the one of the hosts on there, Manny, and I still admire Manny and. One of his great successes as a lawyer was in the New South Wales Court of Appeal in 2020 against the police commissioner, successfully resisting the health order that would have prevented the George Floyd march, the Black Lives Matter march. And so in my head, very simplistically, I was like, oh, Manny, Black Lives Matter, yep, progressive guy, I'm always in the same view as him. And he had this tweet the other day that was essentially like, you know, the way we succeeded in relation to the Black Lives Matter march is probably the way that people in the Freedom March could also succeed if they were inclined to brief me. So, you know, like, here's my, here's my number. And I was like, oh, I was just a bit bummed. So, yeah, I've, I've sort of been a little bit bummed with, with some of the messaging, but get injected with vaccine and then tell people that you have done so. That's my vibe. Look, the world sucks, but to, mm. to, to bring this tangent full circle back to the point I was trying to make is mm. it's crazy that we didn't speak about what we were going to talk about beforehand because LinkedIn is a mm. big part of my intro to this film. So I have this, <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it is. I swear to God, it is, it is, it is. And I'll, okay. exp- I'll explain why, right? Yeah. So, and thank you to everyone who listens and suggests films, mm. uh, as you probably know, and novels as well, and, you know, create synopsis. Kelly, once again, yeah. what's up? Killing it. Everybody who suggests a film, I write it down and I have this like great list of upcoming horror films, cult horror films, classics that somehow we've overlooked. And and there's so many that we haven't got to, right? Mm. And so whenever it's time to do a new film, I'm like, okay, well, what needs to be talked about? And whenever I just happen to organically see something and I'm like, oh, fuck, what was this? And then I look it up and I'm like, wow, this hasn't had the cultural reaction it deserves i'm like okay well that goes straight to the front of the queue whenever i find i guess like a bit of a gem in the horror genre because yeah the world sucks right now so let's all dive into the best genre in the world horror and discover some stories that maybe aren't being talked about as much as they can so let's go back to linkedin because i googled the directors (laughs) i was like this it's directed by two people and i'm like what's going on with these directors what have they done before first hit was their linkedin page and I was like, hang on. And then I was like, first of all, wow, do all like famous people have LinkedIn's? First of all, I'm like, Drake? Drake doesn't have a LinkedIn page. <laughs> I love that it was like Aubrey. You know, but don't you like, think like Drake person. would have it? Like I was like, of course Drake's going to have a LinkedIn page. Oh, that's He's so going to have good. like a million connections. No, he doesn't. So I was like, fuck, if your first result in Google is your LinkedIn page, I want to do what I can for your film. So, <laughs> so 
It's a sympathy vote week. It's not I'm a sympathy. No, no, no. It's, this is this is and it and it had like bad reviews as well. Mm. This is one of those things, and not like Antebellum where it's like, nah, they were probably right to give it bad reviews. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great film for mm. my Australian listeners. This is currently on Netflix right now, so while you're locked down, yeah. probably till the end of the year, this is worth your time. Today we are doing a. It's a it's a thriller. It's a it's like a it's a definitely a slasher film. Like it's it's everything. Uh, but at its core, it's a horror Home Alone remake. This is yes. a film from 2020 by two directors, Jonathan Miller and Carrie Murnian, who you can find on LinkedIn. Yeah, Adam to your network. Adam to your network. <laughs> this is a film called Becky. What happened by your forward, Becky? The search continues for four inmates who escaped federal custody this morning. Authorities say the men are armed and extremely dangerous. Come on, boy, let's go swimming. Let's oh, can you wait a second? What is she doing here? You let her walk all over you. She's 13. Jeff, this gentleman lost his dog. Okay, well, why don't you give us your number? My dog is a Rottweiler. Purebred, or as the Germans call them. That's why you never let them mate with other breeds. You get the worst of both. Okay, I think it's time for you to go. Stay calm. I'm looking for a key. It has this symbol engraved on it. You seen it? No. Well, that leaves little Becky. Where's Becky? Wait, wait! He's gonna hold your dad still while I hurt him. I'm not gonna let them get away with this. There once was a little girl. Becky! And she was good. Stop running! She was very, very good. And when she was bad, hey! she was horrid. Becky! You're clearly a special girl! I don't wanna have to hurt you. But I do wanna hurt you real bad. So I know that um, Australian horror film from 15 years ago didn't invent casting against type, um, but I do think it's always thrilling when people are cast against type, like irritating fucking guy from various Adam Sandler films and The King of Queens. <laughs> I like him as a fat neo-Nazi. I think that's really fun. So so that's Kevin James, and I was going to mm. say, I was going to post to you, do you think Kevin James is another Chloe Grace Moretz? Because I'm like... I for the life of me, I was like, I think he was Paul Blart Mall Cop. Yes, one hundred percent, he was, and, and that's it. But now you said he's the King of Queens. Of course, he's the King of Queens. So, for those who have not seen anything about Becky and haven't heard anything about it, and hmm. you know, like it, it makes sense that you haven't because it had a box office taking of one point one million dollars. It. Paul you don't Blatt, get Paul. You, you don't get Paul Blart Mallcop out of bed for, yeah. for much less than that. So Paul Blart plays a Nazi leader. Now we've talked about this before, where it's dangerous to make like super scary, cartoonish Nazi bad guys because it takes away mm. from the true horrors of you know Nazism and fascism. But there's this grey area in contemporary horror that we saw in Green Room, where you mm. cast contemporary neo Nazis as the bad guys. And that feels, for me, that feels like a little bit more okay. But weirdly, after seeing Green Room and this and a few others, I feel like I know heaps about contemporary neo-Nazis. I don't know if that's a good or a bad <laughs> well, thing. And you're coming to sympathise. You're like, I've got some interesting ideas. <laughs> well, no, the scary thing about knowing anything more is you normalise it, right? 
Yep. So the more you know about something, it's dangerous because you're like, I get why people would fall into this. I get why disaffected men who feel like they need a father figure would fall under these like very much father figure men who preach like tough love, but brotherhood above all else and family's important. And I'll look after you if you look after me. And that's very much the role Kevin James plays in Becky. Well, this is the Jordan Peterson slippery slope, which is like Jordan, Jordan Peterson as fascist recruiter. And it's like a really, like, you'll find any number of nice pieces of analyses of like, here's how Jordan Peterson and also the way contemporary society is constructed uh, is uh, really just getting things ready for a nice alt-right movement. So it's really exciting. One other thing, I'm sorry to do the pop culture six degrees of Kevin Bacon, Joel McHale getting some work. He's a charismatic guy. Mm. Fun to see him in something. Reminds me of Community, Dan Harmon, you know, like that, that was a fun series. I'm like, I'm having fun so far. Great cast. Um, mm. the, the main character, Becky, is played by, I think in the film she was 15, an actor named uh, Lulu Wilson, who starred in like one of the Ouija films and a few, and like a haunted, like has, you know, already in her life before this film has a career in horror films. So that's crazy as a 15 year old, because mm. you probably aren't allowed to watch them legally. So to be able to be placed in this film and to do the things she does in this film like this, Peach, like I, the Furies was gory, (laughs) but this is also very gory. This is going to be an interesting film. So like I said before, this is Home Alone, but like imagine Home Alone if we were allowed to show the damage that those tricks that Macaulay Culkin set up for those two. Hot Wheels. Yeah, Yeah, imagine if we were able to show what actually the sort of you know, damage that would wreak, and then you get this film. All right, so Becky 2020, let's go. Mm. Starts with 13-year-old Becky Hooper is being questioned regarding an event that recently took place at her family's holiday house. Oh, so the whole movie's a flashback. That just pisses me <laughs> off straight away. All right, I'm irritated straight away. We already know she survived. <sighs> so any tension just sucks right out of the film. Congratulations. This is probably why it flopped. Now, it's really important that they ask her specific questions about something vague and she gives vague answers and doesn't seem to remember too much. Do we think she's being evasive? She's like, no, I must have. There's a feeling of that. From the beginning, there's a feeling of that, that she's withholding something. All right, so two weeks earlier, Becky was a bullied high school student whose mother passed away a year earlier. Two two weeks two earlier, weeks her ago. mother had passed away a year earlier. Yes, so her mother this passed is away. already the problem with flashbacks <laughs> is we've got three timelines now. We've got present day, we've got two weeks ago, and we've got one year ago, and we're like two sentences into the synopsis. Also, okay. like we went to a fucked high school and we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. But at first I was like being bullied when your mum's passed away and I'm like, no, 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 I remember a guy specifically being bullied at our high school because his dad drove a cab and it was like, Ugh, imagine if your parents drove a cab. Ta- like, I remember that. So kids oh. are fucked. But there was one in year seven where someone's dad died and everyone's like, Ugh. <laughs> like how's your dad? <laughs> and there had to be a, like, uh, guys, can we not bully this poor kid? His dad died. I'm only laughing because that's fucked. I'm not laughing. <laughs> well, like our future premier, I think will have, gone to our school yeah our former pm current deputy pm yeah went to our school it's it's bad it's very very bad it's 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 we went to the worst school shout out wherever you you yeah. suck <laughs> Fuck shout you. Out my former client <laughs> <laughs> all right okay 
she's got a strained relationship with her father, Joel McHale, whose mm. name is Jeff in this film, mm. who attempts to reconnect with her on a trip to their lakefront home. Oh, this is the same as the lodge of like, come reconnect with me with my new girlfriend. Well, <laughs> well, see, she doesn't know about this yet, right? But she's very much, she's sitting in the car with her headphones on, doesn't want to listen to dad. They have this weird moment where they stop at like a 7-Eleven-ish sort of area. She wanders the, mm. the, the aisles. There's this mm. big family reunion that are all in there buying sweets and treats and stuff, I guess, for, for their road trip. And they're all wearing family reunion T-shirts that she observes. Then she goes outside, sits on the curb and watches one of those classic movie videos where it's a video of her and her mum and her mum wearing like a a, a cancer-indicating sort of headdress being mm. like, mum, smile at the camera, lol, we're just a happy, no. you know, like, and watching one of those videos. On her phone yeah, or whatever. On her phone, yeah. yeah okay. And being sad watching that video. That's the fourth timeline then. Okay, so that's 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 from the time before the mum had died. Okay. This is, this is like it's like Inception. It's this is so annoying. I'm so annoyed by this, by this movie already. No one had a whiteboard at the writer's room for this movie. So meanwhile, prisoner Dominic, a neo-Nazi, and his men. So one of his men's name is Apex. Uh, who's a big guy who I think is played by like someone who's known for being a wrestler or something. He's one of those, and uh, like again, I don't. I don't mean to be ableist in any way. I just, you know how there are those people who are born abnormally tall and it's almost yes. like, and they always die early because the body's like, we can't be this tall. I'm really sorry, but this is just too much for us <laughs> to deal with. But you know that thing, it's like abnormally yeah. tall people never last because the body, like we're just not made to be that tall. And I think he's one of those people. Um, God, I hope we don't get cancelled for that. I'm so sorry. I, it's just that's just who he is. Um, I'm so sorry. We're not meant to be alive. <laughs> no, but it's like fuck. No, I'm not going to make an analogy. Oh my God, I was going to make an analogy. I'm not going to. Um, there's also like two idiots that he has with him, Cole and Hammond, who are all they're all neo Nazis. But you know, Dominic's the like the the head, um, you know, mm. charismatic leader. Apex is like the the scary like um, the you muscle, know, muscle, and then there's mm. Colin Hammond who just round out the trip. Hey guys, we got to bring back the era of Nazis. Now they're riding <laughs> in a transport van, being transported between prisons. Mm. Dominic has an inmate killed to get the guards to pull over, and uses that opportunity to kill them and pose as policemen. Later on, they stop a man and his two children on the street and take their car, and there's a presumption that. Apex kills the two kids in the back. And it's nothing shown, but it's still like a fucked film. And I watched this with Adele, and Adele was like, oh, fuck this. She's like, yeah. do you think he killed them? And I had seen previews, and I was like, I think he did. And, and she was just like, oh, fuck this. I don't, yeah. We don't need to watch this. Yeah, 100%. But as well, that's how I'll feel with any horror film you try to show me as well. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, I oh, know. Yeah. There's all scary stuff in here. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. So now... When they get to the house, mm. Becky was initially pissed off because she thought the dad was going to sell it after the mum died. And he's like, I'm not selling it. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, see, you don't have to be annoyed at me anymore. They hug. And he's like, no, the reason we're coming here, and that's when Jeff's girlfriend Kayla and her young son Ty arrive at the house, which <laughs> obviously upsets Becky, who is a bit like, you can't surprise. Like, I'm living on four timelines as a dance. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can't upset me with a surprise like this. And I'm a clone from the Lodge dimension, so we're like we're already doing our best. Like especially now, like more and more, uh, you, you know, you know how we talk about when you have a child, uh, mm. you stop just imagining empathizing by imagining you as the person you start imagining mm. your child as the person yeah so i i read that and i'm like yeah that is fucked imagine doing that to a child unbelievable also, go- like google exists right like to be like hey the best strategies for introducing <laughs> like it's 30 seconds work to realize that's a, that's a bad idea to have the wealth of human knowledge at your fingertips telling you you're fucking good wait wait he didn't just goof at this no. point while she's upset jeff's like no 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 the reason why I invited her here married. is because we're engaged. <laughs> He's a genius. He's a genius. <laughs> so understandably, her Becky runs out of the house, followed by her beloved dog, Diego. Now she has like, I guess it's like a cubby house. It's a small fort in the woods. She retrieves a large key, the bow of which is formed in the Valknut symbol. Now, Luckily, and, and again, like, I, I think I need to go, just, just to clarify from what we said before, in mm. no way are we a uh, neo-Nazi endorsement or alt-right endorsement podcast. We certainly are we not. Just, we just seem I'm to know. you've made that clear. <laughs> we just seem to know a lot about it from her films. So mm. you would have seen this symbol before. It's called the Valknut symbol. Peach, do you just want to quickly Google V-A-L-K-N-U-T? Okay. It's a very common symbol with neo-Nazis. Oh, uh, with some, yeah, some triangles. Yeah, okay. It sort of looks like the front cover of a fairly boring 1970s prog rock record kind of thing. Like exactly that. Uh, yeah. It is a symbol from ancient Germanic people. They call it the Valknut now, but nobody knows what it was originally called. So Dominic and his men now show up at the house. We don't know why. They just show up at the house as well, take everyone hostage except Becky, obviously, because she's hidden, and demand the key. They don't know this key exists um, because the reason why this key existed was because it was hidden under the house in a small lockbox. At one point in her investigation of it, you know, before, as she was building this fort that's her, like, safe space, she found this key and she's hidden it in her fort. So there's a bit of backstory that reveals why she has this key. So where is that from. another flashback? So that's the fifth yeah, timeline another... in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> God. All right. So Kayla and Ty... Like, it's not hard to tell a story in a straight line, isn't it? You just say the things that have happened in the order in which they happen. Yeah, but, yeah, like, okay. it's, it's the meta thing, right? People think yeah, okay. complexity is cleverness. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, flashback, that's actually been like that the whole time. And it's like, wouldn't, would it not have been more satisfying to have already told me that? I, I can't remember who it is. Uh, I'm going to, like, I, like uh, apart from all the lols we say on this podcast, I do mm. actually love books. And there was a period I went through reading these short stories. I think her name is Alice Munro, an American writer of short stories. Mm. And every single story is like, it's about a guy who went to a park and it goes for like 50 pages. And they're the most perfect stories ever written. Like, they're so simple and so, like, you don't have to play with timelines. You don't have to be meta. You don't have to, like, you know, have an unreliable narrator and blah, blah, blah. Like, you don't have to do all this stuff to be clever. Like, you just have to write well and want to write well and have a story to tell rather than have a cleverness to show people you are. And it's harder to do that without a crutch. So if you want to impress people with your writing chops... Do the hard thing, not the fucking easy thing. Yeah. 
Now, at this point, so they show up, Kayla and Ty are sort of let go by Apex because Apex is supposed to go in and like Kayla and Ty sort of run into a room. Um, Dominic's like, they'll probably have a phone, go in and take it from them and deal with them. He goes into the room. Apex is a bit like, I'm not going to hurt you guys. You guys can go. I've just killed some children already. I'm not going to kill some Basically, right? So he's like, I'm just going to let you go. And they go for a run like into the into the forest. But remember, they're in a cabin, so running anywhere isn't a guarantee of getting to safety. Yep. Now, while they escape, they're eventually caught by the two, like, dumb and dumb of the idiots. Yep. And they make... There's this fun... There's this... Not fun. There's this good mix-up where they they sort of mention Becky... The, the bad guy's like, who's Becky? Who are you talking about? They're like, oh, that's our dog. Like, the, the, Kayla's oh, really clever. It's like, that's our dog. In. So then they kill the family dog. So now now keep in mind, this is, this is this, again, this is another timeline. There's two dog timelines because Kayla and Ty have a dog and also Becky has a dog. So there's two dogs. They've just killed Kayla and Ty's dog. Okay. Who yep. they said was named Becky. Becky. But there's still a dog the that exists. And then they fucking find out it's not called Becky. It's yep. called yep. Scotty. Yeah. So Jeff lies about Becky's presence to protect her, but Dominic catches on and shoots Kayla in the leg to get the truth out of them. Becky, still in the woods, becomes aware of the intruder's present and talks over a walkie-talkie lying about calling the cops. And now there's a lot of stuff that isn't involved in this, but Dominic, while he's rounding them up, realises he has all their phones and he's like, you haven't because I've got your phone, but I'm going to call your bluff and I'm going to bring Jeff outside to the family's fire pit. And he's like, and I'm going to torture your dad until you come clean. And so they go to the fire pit, Apex, Dominic and Jeff. He starts roasting marshmallows and then takes the hot poker from it and stabs Jeff with a hot poker. Nice. Poor old Joel McHale. Yeah, anyway, yep. Now, at this point, Becky relents and says she will give him the key. Dominic allows Jeff to talk to Becky through the talkie, but he tells Becky to run. Jeff breaks free and finds Becky, who has... So so Becky has come back. Jeff breaks free. Jeff is being t- chased by Dominic. At yeah. this point, Jeff runs to Becky and he's like, I love you. You need to get out of here. Dominic shoots him dead in front of her. Sick. Okay, that's pretty intense and cool. Pretty yes. intense, right? Wait. So at this point, I'm like, oh, okay, it's a thriller, whatever. Like, yeah, I don't know it's why die this hard. is... I'm yeah. having fun. Yeah. Dominic demands the key. Because remember, Becky was like, you're torturing my dad. I'm not going to put up with this. Obviously, I'm going to come and do whatever I can. Demands yep. the key. So Becky comes up to him and it's... Ba- I can't remember what she says. She's something like, if you want your key, here it is. Stabs him in the left eye before fleeing with her dog, like right in the eye with a key, Sick. with a blunt key. So, so anyway, Dominic goes into the house, and at first I was like, "Oh, this might be one of the grossest thing I've ever seen." He goes into the <laughs> kitchen, and one of his henchmen is there just eating some cereal or some some dumb shit, and he's like, "Oh, you you busy there?" And he's like, "Oh my god." We see Dominic and his eyeball is hanging out by a thread. <laughs> like it's, it's just hanging there by a thread. And he's like, you need to chop this off. Uh, and the guy's like, I can't do that. And so he's like, I'm going to do it. So he puts his head on a chopping board with the eye there, grabs a knife. Uh, even describing this is so <laughs> fucking disgusting. How do you not pass it? Like I do... All the ones where you perform surgery on yourself, especially behind your eye, that also happened in the Furies. Like, mm. surely 
You pass out. Anyway, so we watch this man. We watch Paul Blart take a knife and cut <laughs> off his own eyeball by the dangly bit connected to the socket. <laughs> it's so gross. And then sends Cole and Hammond out to retrieve the key. Cole finds and chases Becky back to her fort. And at this point, Cole's like, look, I don't want to kill a kid. If you just throw the key out, I'll, I'll let you go. I'll just pretend you got away. Mm. You don't have to die. It's fine, right? Mm. Now, this is a lot of the reviews were like, there's not enough explanation about how Becky becomes the most hardcore, hardcore killer ever. But at this point, she's like, okay, I'll throw the key out. <laughs> yeah, okay. She goes to her like pencil case, grabs her ruler, snaps it so it becomes like a blade, pieces together a bunch of colored pencils, like tapes them together, puts on her like bunny hat, climbs to the top of the fort takes like an old quarter and throws it into the bush and is like, here's your fucking key, go find it. The guy's like, oh, fucking hell, good throw, thank you. Then she gets on like a flying fox that's (laughs) at the top, flies down and fucking stabs this guy right through the chest with this ruler. (laughs) Then gets on top of him, like he tries to shoot, she knocks the gun away and then stabs him repeatedly with colored pencils until eventually grabbing the ruler, jabs it through his neck and kills him. <laughs> like just annihilates God. this man with the common contents of a pencil case. That's amazing. So she's MacGyver meets Steven Seagal. Completely. Because awesome. normally in films like this, you're like, hey, just back from survivalist knife fighting training, Becky. Good to see you. You at least throw in one throwaway line. To be like, oh, you've always been big on making knives out of shit in your pencil case. And it's weird because this isn't really a comedy at all. Like, it's like I enjoyed the hell out of this film, but in mm. no way is it a comedy. So mm. this isn't in the Wikipedia, but it's really important to note at this point, she then goes down to like a boathousey sort of area and has that moment where she sees a fishing line and some other things and is like, hmm, and clearly is about to set up a trap. So after realizing, so Dominic now has a, um, a patch over his eye because he's cut his eyeball out and he comes out and he realizes that um, Apex and Kayla and Ty are sort of conversing and Apex is clearly softening to these two and doesn't want to hurt them. Mm. So Dominic brings him into the room and does the big neo-Nazi talk where it's like, who's the person who looks after you? Who's the person who cares for you? Mm. We have a mission. Oh, I can't do it without you. And he does a thing where he's like, point your gun at my heart and load it, and if you can't help me with this mission, just shoot me because I can't do it without you. And it's quite a clever way to reassert power and dominance over Apex. Yeah, nice. Nice. That's fun. Meanwhile, Hammond, the other Dumb and Dumber, has gone trying to find Becky, finds Cole's corpse stabbed with various pencil and ruler instruments, and chases (laughs) Becky (laughs) Becky down to the lake where she makes him run onto, like, the the pier this is just so much like home line of like can't like come on idiots like i'm out here on the wharf so 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 he runs onto the wharf to get her trips over fishing line that he couldn't see lands on a plank with large nails stuck out of them so he lands straight onto chest first onto just (laughs) giant nails he stands up with his plank stuck to his chest (laughs) she comes out of nowhere with another plank with nails and hits it straight into his head so there's like nails going into the side of his head. Meanwhile, that's not enough. So they have a scramble, but she manages to push him into the lake. Classic horror movie logic. And I guess it makes sense because 
From what I understand, America is densely populated. There's a lot of states and places where people don't have access to swimming. From what I understand, Alaska has one 50-meter pool in the entire state. So it makes sense that a bad guy might not know how to swim, and that's what happens now. Okay, so pushed out into the water. Oh, no, I can't swim. Wearing heavy clothes and I'm injured and I sink. Yeah, okay. No, 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 no. Because remember, this is a slasher film. So then Becky gets in the nearby motorboat, backs it up onto him and uses the (laughs) propeller to shred (laughs) Hammond's chest. It's so fucking disgusting. (laughs) Like, it's not not a simple cutaway and we'll just see a blood splatter. It's like, let's see someone's chest get disintegrated by a a spinning blade. It's fucked. At this point, she is found by Apex, who manages to convince Diego to come towards him who he, Diego, remember, is her dog and punches Mm. out. So she freaks out and runs towards the dog. He picks her up, slams her into the ground and is like, has, at this moment, he's like, sees her on the ground struggling, flashes back to the kids in the car and is like, he makes a, he makes a really interesting point where he's like, you can only stain your soul so much. My soul has so many stains. I can't get rid of them. You can be free. You can still escape. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna let you go. Good luck. Puts his hand out to shake her hand. She doesn't shake it, and he just runs away. God. Okay. Yeah, all right. This is fairly intense as well, Gooey. Now, Becky makes her presence known to Kayla and Ty. Kayla tries to distract Dominic by asking him about the key's purpose. Now, remember, we don't know what the key's for. Mm. We don't know why it was hidden there. It was there. just a MacGuffin, I'll be pissed. Like, I really dislike things being just, it's like, it was it was a great key. Peach, there's many reasons why these directors are still on LinkedIn. Um, oh, we'll get there. Oh, no. Okay. So, anyway, it's nighttime. Mm. Dominic can't get through to any of his henchmen. All of a sudden, the car alarms go off out the back. And Dominic goes out and is like Apex because he still thinks Apex on his side and he's assuming Apex wouldn't have been killed by Becky. Mm. Um, Oh, and there's this awesome moment, P.S., before this where he realizes he's alone Mm. and he's like, he says something to Kayla and Ty. He's like, this is serious. And Kayla's like, oh, you better fucking believe this is serious because she is the most vindictive girl in the world and you've just made her an orphan. You're the one who's in trouble. Like, it's actually this fucking cool moment and you're like, oh, hell yes. So Dominic goes out and tries to tries to find out what's going on. Becky has set off the car alarm in one of the cars where she's hidden Diego. He goes into the car. His hand is bitten by Diego. She turns on the headlights and runs into him, knocking him over. But because of, like, I'm guessing because she's not really a driver, also mm. runs into a tree and falls out of the car. Now, this is where things get a bit scary, right? Because... If I go back to video game logic, video games have changed mm. a lot. But back in the day, one of the earliest games, Double Dragon, had a boss at the end who had a gun. And if you're just fighting with fists and knives and stuff, if someone has a gun, mm. that's a game changer. And it's very much this. It's like Dominic is still scary because he still has a gun. So Becky can't just run up to him because he can just shoot her dead, right? Yep. So... Classic Double Dragon scenario. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. So Dominic finds her from the car. Like, he's mm. he's really injured, but he manages to find her, has the gun, and he's basically like, I'm about to kill you. Out of nowhere, Apex jumps from nowhere and wrestles Dominic. Snap. So Apex has not only decided to let her go, he's like, I'm actually going to save you. And he's basically like, you can't kill kids anymore. We can't fucking do this. 
This leads to a fight between Apex and Dominic, right? So now Dominic has the gun on Apex, which gives Becky time enough. All right, okay. Gosh, Apex X Machina is a little, look, Apex Machina is a little bit of a stretch, but yeah, I'm still having fun. So Becky runs into the garage because this is a rural property, finds Mm. like one of those like ride on lawnmowers with a big thing behind it, Mm. drives it while... Dominic has the gun on Apex and is struggling, drives it into Dominic, runs over him, and I, I, like, I don't... Uh, so, so we see the aftermath of his head and face, and the whole front half of his head has been chopped off. And we just see, like, <laughs> half a brain. We see, like, the, 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 the tubes where the tongue would go through. <sighs> Things yeah. are just coming through. Like, we actually see that, right? Like, it's so full on. And then we've got Apex, who's basically like, Becky, I, I, I had to save you, blah, 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 blah. Becky then picks up the gun and just shoots Apex in the head. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Kayla and Ty then come out with Diego and sit beside Becky as they wait for the police. In the present. So now we're in the we're in the original timeline. We're, we're back in the present. original timeline. Yeah, okay. Yep. Becky denies murdering the gang. We see the cops outside talking about being like, she doesn't know anything. We don't know what's going on. And we see her in the waiting room with just the hint of a smile, fingering the key that's around her neck. And that's the end of yep. Becky. Oh. Gosh, that's deeply unsatisfying with the MacGuffin. (laughs) It was a MacGuffin the whole time. And you're like, well, yeah. And and it is, it goes down to the thing. It's like, you've got to give us something. Like, we don't know why it was at the house. We don't know what link the bad guys had with the house. We don't know what possibly it could have led to, why it had a neo-Nazi symbol on it. Like, that's the other thing. It's like, it's got to be something pretty important because if you're like and again i'm not trying to be like oh this is how i would do it if i was a neo-nazi but if i had a secret hidden neo-nazi stash i'd hire it with a plain key i wouldn't have a key that's like this is a nazi key <laughs> but a key like that could be easily found by a child lying around as well <laughs> while she was renovating a tree house. i know i love it how it's like look it's in a box under a house it's safe no one will ever find this in this what holiday is it, gold? House. It's a, like the old Nazi gold or something. I, like, I, like yeah. I, I guess, maybe? For a film that I imagine has some real satisfaction when, when Becky kills some of the baddies, and, you know, if you're a neo-Nazi, you might as well be a hell demon who you're allowed to be mean to and torture. 100%. I would have expected a more fulfilling end. You know, I feel like they were setting me up to be like, don't worry, Peach, we're going to give you what you want. It's going to be a key to... Fucking, I don't know what. Even if it ended with her going to like, uh, like, like a U-Hauly sort of place, and you know, opening a garage door and opening the garage and being like, whoa, or so, even that yep. would have been something. Yep, yep. But Hitler's be- car or whatever. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it was Hitler's car. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we've got to rescue Hitler's car. <laughs> Just something. It's such a fun- <laughs> We're back, everyone. We've got Hitler's car. <laughs> Uh, This was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?